All right, what's going on, everybody? I have my boy, Nick Hadge, on the show today. I'm so freaking pumped to have him on. Uh, we go back probably to, I think it was 2000, well, Springfield. I graduated 2016. We both did, 16. So we both did. right around that time, um, so 2015 area, I think we started to talk. And then right after we met, 2016, we graduated. We both started down at Equinox together. Um, pretty wild, a uh, couple years together. Nick um, competed at that point in 23 and under, junior world's strongest man, crushed it, won the 23 and under, world's strongest man overall. Um, and at that point, I competed in my bodybuilding, so we kind of connected at that moment, um, both kind of going in our different directions, but the same type of end goal. So um, Nick's been awesome. He's competed um, for a while now. We'll go into a dip more, but someone that's inspired me i've looked up to in a lot of ways and just to do with such a positive positive mindset so at this point nick i want to welcome you to the show man thank you jeff it's uh good to be here i know we've been trying to plan this for a really long time so i'm glad we can finally get underway yeah man i'm super stoked and uh it's it's crazy because i feel like we have so much in common so it's been something i wanted to do for a while and uh Kind of going along those lines, uh, the first question I got for you is, you know, I want to keep this, you know, strongman-based, strength-based, but I want to kind of see where you started. When did you start working out? When did you start getting into it? And um, kind of just tell me about that. Yeah, so um, my original journey didn't involve strongman, to be honest. So growing up, um, I never really played sports. I never really had any interest in sports. My older brother, Zach, was the total opposite. He played literally every sport under the sun. He was super athletic, but uh, not me. I honestly, uh, I liked eating. I liked doing like weird, like I played the drums and like weird stuff like that. I, uh, I think I, I like, I did karate at first, but like no sports and not much physical activity. So um, I actually started my journey off as a weight loss journey. I think, really? in, yeah, in the seventh grade, I was 230 pounds. Wow, I didn't know that. I was, I was, yeah, I was a big boy. Um, and, you know, it was like, all right, like, let's start, like, at least going to the gym. So I, it was like legit. And I was afraid. I was, I didn't know even what that meant. Um, so I had uh, two days a week was my start. And it was just go to the gym two days a week and, like, just kind of, that's it, start there. Like, you just need a place to start. Like, I didn't go all out. I didn't do anything crazy. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's the real start of it. So you started there, and how old are you? Said how old? Seventh grade? Yeah, maybe twelve, maybe somewhere in that range. Yeah. Yeah. So you started there, and then as you started to get your feet wet, how did you kind of figure out what you were doing? You just kind of played around with things, or did you like have someone that helped you kind of structure it? Was it just using the internet? Like, what did you use to kind of start taking the steps to to start getting that routine going more and more? Good question. So I was always kind of spoiled growing up. So, um, well, I guess there's actually, so before going to the gym, actually, I think this might even be where it really starts. My mom forced me into playing basketball. Really? She was like, she was like, Nick, you have to be physical. You have to do something that gets you to move. And I, uh, I was actually super like upset about it at the time. I was like, what? Like, I didn't, I didn't like, no shoot this ball. What? I was mad, but, uh, I remember like actually getting to practice and like actually loving it. So, but, and then when I started going to the gym, uh, two days a week, I was super spoiled. Um, I had a personal trainer 
and it was at a private strength and conditioning facility called um, EPS, Edge Performance Systems. Okay. Um, owned by Brian McDonough, and they work with a lot of the Patriots players, uh, a lot of the a lot of NHL players, um, a lot of like uh, really high high level collegiate, also high school athletes. But I just went there for personal training at first. But I've always had a coach, so uh, I was totally spoiled. My dad is uh, best friends with the owner, Brian, and my brother was already training there at the time for football. So uh, they were they were already in the gym, and they were like, okay, we're going to bring you here. So right from the start, I had, I had the guidance of a coach, which I know not many people have. So I've always been lucky in that sense for sure. So that obviously had a huge impact then on you of like getting structure, getting routine and like, so you weren't going to going through that as much of an experimental phase where you're just like, <laughs> let's do chest day on Monday and all that stuff. You know, I've literally never gone through that phase in my life. So like it was a little bit of a culture shock when I got to college and see like all these like bros. Cause like I'm, I've basically been like an experiment my whole life it's like i've been like a controlled experiment like i've had really good, good coaches and good guidance and direction so um yeah to like see like people who actually have to go like off and kind of make some things up and i've never gone through that like so i have later in life that trial and error so it took me like a cut like years to even get to that point i've always had coaching gotcha so when did that transition so now you're you're going into high school you're going to the college um when did you start into the strongman side of it like when did that like did you just jump right into it did you have someone that did zach do it like how how did you get introduced to that side of it a little bit of both um but i didn't just jump right into it in terms of not knowing what the sport was so um that place i was telling you about eps i eventually started training there multiple times per week and uh i got to high school and they were like we're making you play football so I was basically forced into playing football by like everyone around me because of my size. That's when I fell in love with the process of training itself. Um, and then Zach went to college, found the sport of strongman. At that time, I was still in high school playing football. And uh, he was like, hey, this is amazing. So I already knew when I was in high school, I was like, okay, after this, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do strongman. But uh, that being said, my first competition um, I think I was maybe 16 years old or something. Um, it was the 231 open men weight class. And I think like four out of the five events, it was my first time ever even touching them. So like, you just got to jump into some things like that. Like I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't have that much experience. I was, cause I was still in high school playing football. So I had to kind of like wait for it a little bit. And then once the wait was over, I got to college, I got accepted to Springfield college. Uh, I was able to pursue that path. So, so if we go back to that first competition, um, so obviously you're nervous. It's like your first time doing it. I would assume so anyway. But how did it end up going? Did you, was it was one of those you placed like last in because you've never done it? Or was it like, what was that experience like the first time? I didn't place last, which was kind of crazy to me. Right. Um, I was nervous. But I was also, like, having so much fun. It was my brother, a, a lot of my buddies. Um, so yeah. good atmosphere. Lightning Fitness one. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a situation where it's, like, if you're having fun, you don't realize what you're capable of doing or what you're doing if you just kind of, like, vibe in the moment and just let it be. So um, right. I, st I still have pictures I can pull up. 
I, it's crazy to look back, but yeah, I mean, I did max effort on everything that day and it was, it was just so much fun. And then you were hooked at that point. Honestly, no, I don't even, I don't even remember feeling hooked after that. I don't know. Really? I don't, I don't think I was really hooked in strongman until I don't know my first moment. I don't remember my first moment. Yeah. So, so you didn't have that like it's, this it's is because, it moment. It's because you have different you have different phases of it. Like uh you have different phases of like the, you fall in love with it at different times for different reasons. So it's right. like uh, at first I was like, Oh my god, like I just love doing it. And then at another point it's like all right, now I think I could be good at this. And then, like, you fall in love with that. And then it's like, okay, then you get good at it. And then it's like, all right, well, now I think I can really compete at, like, the top end. And if it never ends up being the best, I think that I can still better myself in some sort of way. And that's a dang, endless rabbit hole. There you go. So, so you like, just – yeah, I mean, it's like you have to love the process. Like, you have to – like, if you don't enjoy the process of the training – you know, the hours and hours in the gyms, the prep up to it, the movement prep, the yeah, recovery. Yeah, it's crazy because the different levels of strongman require very different processes. Like I was just saying, it's like when you're just starting off, you can't be obsessed with being the best in the world. You have to, like, be obsessed with the fact that, like, you know, you're there, you're participating. And it's kind of like the deeper you get into the sport, the things that you have to appreciate become different. Yeah. So how big of a impact do you think Zach was like, um, whether it was a motivator, a supporter um, in the journey of like starting to compete more and more um, like kind of pushing yourself, I'm assuming back and forth in the gym. Um, Cause it's, it's obviously gotta be a, a part of it. It's honestly, I wouldn't, I don't even know what I would, I don't even know if I would have found strongman without Zach. So Zach found strongman. He went to Springfield College. He was on the powerlifting team. Him team and Iron Rob Sports, Sports, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that no. Oh, that was something different. We created that. Did you? Um, I didn't know that. Not me specifically, but I was the first class of like people. Gotcha. I was the freshman of like the seniors who made it. Yep. The seniors and juniors. Um, Ethan Grossman um, was on the bodybuilding. And then Kearney, was Kearney there at that time? Rob Kearney was the powerlifting side, and they like merged worlds into no longer because it, it used to be powerlifting and bodybuilding, and then merged it into Team Iron Sports. Gotcha. But uh, like before then, Rob Kearney and my brother, um, they did a powerlifting meet together. They were like temporary powerlifters for a little bit, and then they went off and found Strongman. And then uh, if that didn't have, if Zach didn't like meet Rob, and like I'm not sure if. I would have found strongman. So, and then me and Zach uh, trained together. So Zach and I played uh, high school football together, and that's when we fell in love with the training process. But like we trained together as well. So we became like we we developed that training duo early in high school, and then we basically in college found like another sport to continue that. So it's like we it kind of just happened naturally. Like we didn't even have to think twice about it. So so tell me about. So I obviously it's like one of my favorite pictures. Tell me about Junior World Strongest Man. You're 23 and under. You got big baby, big big baby, big baby. What they call it? You got the beast I'm, of the beast. Iron, Iron baby. baby. 
Iron Man. BB, BB. BB. I'm thinking of like two different guys. I like where you're going with that one, though. That's a good one. Yeah. So tell me about that experience. You're out there. You got arguably, I mean, pound for pound, that dude's a straight monster. You got your brother out there in the USA. Like, I remember this your first, was that your first time, like full USA represent? Yeah. So, um, my brother was there for support. I was the only, I was the, so I had to win junior nationals to qualify. Yeah. So that's how I got like my spot as the American representative. Um, Iron BB, who represents, I think currently Canada. Yeah. He was competing there, but um, Paul Smith took second that year, but um, Tom Staltman, he's the character. It was me and Tom Staltman going neck and neck the whole time. And uh, it was just an honor to be able to compete with him. Just because uh, I think Tom Stoltman will win World's Strongest Man one day. Um, the Stoltman brothers are out of Scotland. Tom is a monster. Uh, so Junior Worlds was a three-day event. On day one, I was in first place. After day two, Tom was in first place. And then it was like, okay, Nick versus Tom. Like Tom is currently, I believe, 25 or 26 years old. 6'8". Uh, 270 sorry 370 to 380 pounds it's insane with with a a six-pack abs and like a size 18 shoe it's like a it's like thor-esque when i first saw him he didn't really fit getting out of the elevator that's insane um so i think he'll and he just has so much potential he's young and he's literally a dinosaur and he's um he's a great athlete great person so it was me and him going neck and neck the whole time and then it, what it came down to was um, I was in second place and he was in first place going into the last event. And it was uh, like two cars angled towards each other. And it was a car deadlift hold for time. And it was I remember like, this. It's yeah, one of my favorite picture video of you. Dude. So before all that, um, I remember Glenn Ross, the guy who holds it all, like took the top five and like behind the tent and gave us all a hug and a speech. It was like, any of you could become the world champion today. And like, it was like super emotional, but it came down to me and Tom and uh, you have deadlift straps. So you're strapped into the car and you have to just pick it up and hold it for time. So it's weird. It's like almost like a pain tolerance thing. It's like not necessarily grip. It's like maybe my shoulders are going to pop out. Maybe my, I don't even know. It's like my spine. It's, it's a weird sensation when you're strapped in, but you still have to hold it for time. Right. But, uh, yeah, Tom dropped the car, and uh, I was still, like, in the zone while he did it, but, like, I knew it happened. I just didn't let go of the car. I was just, I don't even know, I was in a trance. Yeah. And then I, like, opened my eyes and realized it and just started bawling my eyes out crying, like, still locked out with the car in my hands. And I just remember, I don't even know what I was saying. I just remember screaming, like, something. Just hype, man. Just, like, pure emotion. Yeah. Um, because I knew that was it right there. I was like, I was the junior world champion. And yeah, it was, it's, it's one of the best memories. It's hard to say what the best memory in my strongman career has been just because I've gone through a lot. I've been competing for nine years and uh, I've had a lot of great memories, but certainly that's up there. Top three. So yeah, that was my, 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 my mom, my dad, my brother, every, my, my family was there. So and uh, usually it's just like a mission for me and my brother to go out to compete with our coach, maybe. But uh, my family was there to see it. And uh, yeah, 
it was it was it was and that is what uh, really got me kicked off to my strongman career because after that ultimate strongman invited me back to their shows overseas every year and those are fun because it's like okay i'm like getting invited to go compete with big z and like mateus kilikowski and shivakov and i'm like competing with the big dogs now and like all the guys you see on world's strongest man like martin slices the current world's strongest man like i got to compete more with him i met him back earlier a few years prior but so um that got me into the international circuit which made it so i didn't necessarily have the need or the drive to compete in the american circuit which means i didn't get my pro card in america so you have to do these very specific shows in america to get your pro card and uh for those shows you pay for flight you pay for hotel and the whole vibe to the show is a little bit different but uh i would get these invitation only invites to these shows in Europe where they pay for flight and hotel and I get to compete with the top in like in the game. So I've been just taking that road for the past few years, just competing in I don't blame you. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm like technically still an amateur in America, even though like I've been competing internationally with all these all like these monsters. Top. Yeah. But uh that's kind of how the road took me. Uh, winning the junior world championship got me all these international invites and that's kind of how it started so then you so you've been competing international a ton i mean for the most part and then obviously you had so before we touch base on the most recent event you had you've competed with your brother representing the u.s a couple times right three now yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely friggin it's unreal like yeah it's yeah, awesome. that's their thing. Well, actually, like, not not even just international. A couple of years ago, we both got the invitation to um, Giants Live. That's what it was. Yep. Which is the world's strongest man qualifier. So that was an American show, and uh, that was cool. It was. It's like run around with an American flag and like like represent your country, and then go like do your sport. It's, it's right. such a the best feeling in the world. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember, cause I remember that was, you know, the first time you competed, you know, tw- not first, but 23 and under that big win. And then, you know, you going in competing with Zach and then, um, so obviously you've been successful with it. So most recently though, you were competing with Zach and you had, uh, that big setback, that big injury. So if you can kind of, because I think a lot of people can relate to a different scale, right? For you, it's the strong man, big injury. That's your life. That's your career. Um, but other people go through a lot of other injuries. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Kind of hard to keep the light in, but... Yeah, but no, you can see the swelling and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So so a lot of people, I think, go through a tons of up and downs, whether maybe at a smaller scale, maybe at a different thing. Um, if you go back to that day, like, obviously, tell me what you're thinking when it happens. And, um and then kind of your mindset moving forward now because you you know and and where your mind's at and trying to get back to where you are and kind of the process um yeah it's been a roller coaster for sure um when it happened i had no doubt in my mind that it happened didn't hurt which threw me off that was the only thing threw me off didn't give me any pain the only pain that i felt was um like the night of the surgery it was just painful but yeah. um but this the injury itself so my uh, distal bicep tear my tendon tore completely off my bone my bicep rolled up my arm 
um, when it happened, I just, I knew what that sound meant because unfortunately I've seen in person the same thing happen to other people. And uh, it's weird. There was like an immediate like disconnect from my arm to my brain. It was the weirdest thing because I'm also super sensitive, like neurologically. And I'm like, I'm like very intuitive with uh, my body from like a sensory standpoint from training. Um, immediately when it happened, my arm just kind of dropped by my side as if like I lost Bluetooth connection. That's like the only way I can like put it. No, it like, makes sense. Like it just wouldn't do anything. Yeah, it was just like, oh, like you are no longer online. It's like, where'd my right arm go? It's not with us anymore. And, right. And then I saw some dimpling and I was like, all right, like my brain was like, don't move it. Um, and it was weird because it was like an immediate feeling of acceptance. Um, I walked up to my brother and I was just like, I'm sorry, man, we're done. I was like, that, and that, that's like, that's all I could say. It's like, I'm sorry. Cause we had to pull out. Out of the, we had to pull out of the show and um we were tied for third place going into our two best events and uh me and him had the best training of our lives leading up to that competition um yeah it's me and him we started off our whole training journey training together and you know life takes you different directions at like a couple points of our training career me and zach weren't training together whether it be schedule or different program different competition but for this competition for the first time in years we got to train together every friggin' time it's like we have the same show the same program so it was really special for me and him to be able to do that together so kind of for all that to just come to an end in the middle of one of my best events because it happened during a tire flip um which they changed the night before it was supposed to be yoke walk and they gotcha. were like, and they were like, oh, the yokes fell off the lorry, which means the yokes fell off the truck. And uh, we don't we, <laughs> just lost the like, yokes. Yeah. And it's like, all right, like, but we just so happen to have these 400 kilo tires on hand. So, um, which isn't a heavy tire, 880 pounds. It's honestly not a heavy tire for me. But uh, on the first rep uh, during my transition from popping it to my shoulders, to my hands, uh, it just came off my shoulders too early and at one point it was in my hands all at once and took seemingly nothing and just popped and it just everything ended right there and uh it's kind of weird i knew what happened and it was kind of like dark but i was like all right i'm done for a while and uh you can even see it in the video um like kind of weird but i'm just kind of like aimlessly walking around the field like the athlete field where like everyone's competing and just like, looking around like aimlessly but i'm really just taking it all in because it's like i don't know when i'm going to see this next like i just want to like, look into the crowd one more time like look into the lights and like i want to just like be on the field a little bit longer right yeah that's crazy man and then like and then i think your brother at that point you know did what he could he's like all right let's fucking go we'll just i'll exactly. do like that he went for broke it was insane it was hard for me to watch that because it's like, yo, I just tore my bicep so easy doing that. And now I see my brother, like, max effort. So for me, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to see him do the same thing right now. So at that point, I was just like, yo, this is insane. But, like, fucking stop. I was like, I, like, wanted him to stop. Well, I'm sure it's you want to help, too. You're like, fuck, man. Like, 
dude, at that point, I didn't even want to help. It's like, I knew, like, like I said, acceptance, I knew what happened and it like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, I know what this means. I was like, I am done for a while, no matter how fast I recover, no matter what it is. And it's like, I don't know if it's like, it's a, that's what, yeah. It's a pretty common injury though in strongman. You see it a lot. Oh, it's the most common. It's the most yeah. common injury. So it's funny. Um, the winning team, uh, JF Corona and Christoph uh, Radzikowski, Christoph has torn his bicep seven times. Wow. He's That's from, crazy. I don't want to mess it up. Poland. Um, and he comes over to me and he goes, let me see. He goes, it's broke. But you will be <laughs> he goes, he goes, but you, he goes, but you will be fine. So it's like, oh, like, it's like a Russian thing. Where's he from? I think, I think Poland. He's like, oh yes, you, you'll be fine. I see you next yeah. year. So That's I knew, crazy. I knew, I, but he didn't need to tell me that. I knew. Right. I mean, Literally, the thing is, like, though, I, I, I knew so badly. I like needed to look into the crowd one last time. Like it was right. like it was real, man. Like it was unemotionally real. Like I wasn't even emotionally upset in the time. It's it was right. like it was like sobering. It, it was, was almost yeah. It was incredibly well, I don't think it even hits you yet, right? It didn't it, even like it doesn't really. It hits you. It's over, but at the same time, until you get home, you're not in the stadium, so you have to sit yeah. there. Fuck. Well, it kind of felt like the party was over. It kind of felt like I was in a haunted mansion and like the lights like got turned on. It was like, wow, like everything is like a little bit like different looking right now. I don't know. Right. Cause it, the mindset flips like instantly. Yeah. It's like, I'm not where I thought I was banging. Like yeah. Different, different reality for neck in seconds. So now you're at a point where you're in recovery. You've still been training to an extent. Like I still see videos, you training, you're still doing what you can working around the bicep. You know, I saw a video of you playing the drums, like, when you still shouldn't be. Like, <laughs> so, but, like, um, so what's the process, like, now rehabbing-wise? Are you just trying to work around the injury best you can? Um, so I can't keep myself out of the gym, especially I'm a personal trainer and I'm in the gym all the time. Um, for a while, it was just like, okay, let's see how big I can get my legs. And then it was like, all right, my legs are really sore. I need to, like, take a deload and maybe I need to switch up my style a little bit. I started to incorporate um, a little bit more upper body stuff. And I think I actually progressed myself a little bit too soon. I didn't re-injure anything, but um, I've actually regressed some of the things I've been doing to focus more on, in terms of upper body work, to focus on um, range of motion. So I'm, my goal now is to gain back range of motion 100%, and then I'll work on strengthening it because uh, that's really what's important is just getting that getting that full extension back and supination and pronation are super limited, so... Once I get my range of motion back, I'll be good. But until then, honestly, it's been pretty debilitating. Like, I haven't been able to deadlift anything. Um, I haven't been able to press. So it's been tough mentally. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it. It's going to be an all mental battle right now because you're, you're, you're going to respond once you can give max effort again. Like, your body's going to respond. It's been there, it's done that. You know, it's it's going to be mentally like making sure it's good to go and not letting your, you know, because it's so common injury, like the upside is you look like you said, this guy tore his bicep seven times and he's top, one of the best in the world. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to look at it like that. But like the fact that you're still young, you're, you know, you're seven, eight years, nine years from being, you know, prime strong man, you know, it's it's 
you still have so much in the tank. You just have it's one day at a time at this point. So basically, um, when anything changes in life, when you have like when you're presented with a new rabbit hole, you have to switch up your lens, switch up your goals, switch up your goals. So it's like, okay, I'm no longer um, training to get the same result. I'm no longer eating to get the same result. I'm no longer doing anything to get the same results. Like I have to switch up everything. So it's like, okay, work on uh, uh, like mobility, range of motion, because like maintaining athleticism, um, like work capacity and things of that nature, which are a lot less fun, but it's kind of like change up your lens and develop new habits that will help you. So when you do come back, you can have some better things in place. So what, uh, what piece of advice would you give to someone that, is you know maybe had a setback um injury wise uh maybe in life or whatever it may be um to to you know i guess what advice would you give someone that had a setback and is struggling to move forward or struggling to to continue going and, and things like that take it day by day um that's what i have to tell myself one day at a time one day at a time because when you have a setback that big, it means you kind of have to dig yourself out of a little bit of a hole, and it just adds mileage to between you and your end and result to the end goal. So if you try and think about all of that at once, especially if you have a big goal that could almost be unfathomable, it's hard to attack that if you look at it all at once. So it's like, okay, don't look at it all at once. Chip away one day at a time, because that's all you can do. So... Yeah, I think that's good advice. I think, you know, trying not to overwhelm yourself, putting things in perspective and, you know, realizing like, you know. For example, people keep asking me, when are you going to get back to competing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't really have uh, any concrete goal like that for myself in terms of time, because I feel like that'll put the wrong type of pressure on me. that That can be overwhelming. It's like, okay. I know I have these goals. I know what my goals are. It's just going to be a matter. There's no, there's no time limit to when they'll be achieved, but I know they'll be achieved. So it's good to have that end goal, but you don't want to try and rush it or force it or try and give yourself some sort of like too soon of a timeline to get there. Cause when you have a setback, it's like, all right, everything, everything, you have to be really grateful for everything along the process of getting back to it. So, yeah. You know, I think I think that's that's huge. I mean, it's it's really creating that mindset. And um, I guess to flip it on that a little, a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll kind of sum it up. And but with this is, are there things you do daily, mindset wise, to to like program your mind? You know, some people have routines in the morning to kind of set yourself right, because obviously, like you said, it, it was debilitating. You know, you could easily be like, poor me, spiral down a hole. I'm never going to compete again. I'm never going to do this strong again. But, like, obviously, that's just not who you are. Um, but what are some things that you do that, you know, help you kind of keep moving forward and on a daily basis? Good question. So I think there are some things that you can do that are still related to that world. But I, I also believe strongly that you should do some things totally unrelated to kind of get, like, a similar release. But from a different modality. For example, for things like still related to them, to, to like the strongman fitness world, um, I have breathing exercises and I'll do some like 
I'll like do like the take care of yourself, like fascia work and stretch a little bit more. But um, more so, like I have uh, breathing exercises that I really like that help me. Um, and then in terms of like things non-related, it's like find what else you're passionate for. Um, for me personally, it what it's like music is one of them. That's why you saw me playing the drums. So it's like I'm listening to different types of music. I'm going to more like local shows and seeing like bands play. That's one thing I've been liking is uh, going to local shows and seeing bands play because those guys aren't famous and they really love to be there and they're artists and they got to use their mind and they're passionate about what they do. And it's just like a kind of like a parallel to the whole strongman thing. Um, so it's like, for me, I feel, I feel the void with music and uh, my butterfly knife flipping cause it's like intrinsic and it really helps my brain find that release or like maybe podcasts or whatever helps you find that release, find one or two things that are not related at all. And I think that helps as well as keeping things that are related. And I, I'm sure a big part, too, is you surround yourself with, like, a lot of people that are supportive. I mean, that's got to be a big part of it, too, like, being around the right people, your brother, all these, you know, because, you know, if, if it's a toxic environment to be around, you're not going to be putting yourself in a good situation, especially with a setback. I couldn't be more grateful for my support team, to be honest. And, um, yeah, between the gym I'm at, MetFit and Natick, it's like a home to me. So many great people people there as well as my parents are the best of my best supporters just my parents are as well as my brother and my coach and, and a couple of like my old homies from like high school even that i check in with but i have a lot of uh incredible friends that i i like hope i never take for granted because i'm crazy lucky so yeah i know that's that's really it but uh but even then like by yourself and you have to like process and deal with all, all that stuff yourself which is the hardest part so yeah no I, I think that it's uh it's interesting it's interesting man I appreciate you just explaining the story because it's like I don't think I think most people look at you you know look at your social media look at this and they're like dude's fucking superman you know to to understand that there's a deeper side to it you know the struggles what you go through like the ups and downs like you know you're just a normal dude but like you happen to be really good at what you do you know I happen to be a geek for what I do. And it's crazy because, like, I can't, like, I haven't deadlifted till November. I can't pick up really anything heavy. And, you know, but it's not my first time starting from square one. Injury or no injury, after a big peak for a competition, you always have to start from square one. And life is going to always change and kick you in the face. Like, you'll have people that you think are going to be your friend, but they're not. They're just, like, they want to be no or, like, your sport. Like, you'll have people who claim to be your supporters, but that will leave you. Like, I've had, like, relationships end because I've been left because, like, my dream is just so big with Strongman. And it's like, you'll face a lot of adversity, but if you just stick to your passion and stick to the end goal, it can't be beat. Yeah, and that was one of the last questions I had. Uh, I have one more after this, but regarding that side of it, right? Like, Andy, I just talked to earlier, he talked about at the end of it, you know. He, what was that? Poor Andy, keep going. Yeah, so I'm talking to Andy, and I was just—he's like, man, it was tough because he talked a little bit about the the haters, the negative people, the people that like bashed him for, you know, especially on social because maybe he was different or wasn't, you know, looked at a certain way. And now, um, the same people, you know, are like want advice. The same people are are like, oh man, like you know, I, you made it. Like you know, it's funny how perception changes when. Um, you're trying to get started because I'm sure like 
when you first get started, people second guess it. People are like, what are you doing? All you're doing is straw man. You're never going to make a living, money. And then next thing you know, you're representing the U.S. in your 23 and under world champ. And like, you're doing things that, you know, maybe a lot of people doubted you. So how did you deal with like the haters? How did you deal with like the negativity? So well, a couple things on. First off, I would like to say how it's insane how so try and rip off Andy's material and he has to deal with so much like so many coaches will literally steal his material and not give him credit it's um so he deals with something totally different that I don't have to deal with like um I give Andy credit for everything that I like prescribe that is his idea and like I always shout him out for credit but a lot of people actually rip rip off his ideas and then like talk like trash like and hate him on the side so that kid deals with that andy deals with a lot but um for me personally it's not it's i'll always like no matter what level you get to you'll have to deal with that and i still do now um strong men will never make me money and i'm like at that point it's like okay you're good but it's still not going to make you money so what are you going to do to kind of keep it in so it's t- it's a tough balance, man. You just have to figure out what you're going to do to make it. And if you love the sport enough, you will find a way. There are other strong men that I see that like work full-time jobs and they still allow them to compete in their sport and have a family. So um, it is possible. And a lot of people ask you and maybe they'll say, you just got to trust it. Trust the process. That's it. So last question, man, um, you go in any direction you want with this. I kind of leave it open-ended is, um, if someone came up to you, is like, Nick, I'm struggling to find myself. I don't know what I want to do. Um, I don't know who I am, you know, um, what advice would you give someone? Um, is this towards somebody who's in the fitness industry already? Like, do it like, or is this to anybody? Just anybody. Let's say like you're, um, Let's say you got a friend, you know, maybe is struggling, doesn't like his job, uh, doesn't know what he really wants to do, and is maybe struggling and just like, man, I'm miserable. I don't really know what I like. I don't know what I want to do. You know, how did you find, you know, you found something you're passionate about. Um, is there any type of advice you give him or maybe help him, you know, be like, hey, man, you know, this, you know, you got to do A, B, C, or D, or you got to look within yourself or whatever you need to do. I would say, like, maybe pay attention to, like, what you're doing and who you're around when you're happy and, like, what that means. Or um, or maybe even, like, find – I'm a huge advocate for fitness, so I'm super biased. Find a modality of fitness that you enjoy. It literally can be anything as long as you're kind of, like, breaking a sweat and, like, producing, like, chemical exchange and all that. Find a modality of fitness that you like and just dive into it because a lot of the times um, when you're doing something active, your brain's producing these chemicals and these hormones and it kind of helps you see clearly and think differently. So um, like, for example, a lot of the times I'll I'll have some groundbreaking thoughts and I'll learn a lot about myself when I'm training, which is why I love training so much because the deeper I dive into it, the more I learn about it. Um, So that's really it. Um, You'll learn more about yourself by kind of breaking past these thresholds of fitness which is kind of crazy and it doesn't take anything intense or extreme like maybe you just need to go for a run like literally whatever it is but 
any modality of fitness because I, I believe movement is a blessing and a gift and there's so many benefits so uh, yeah that's that's one thing i'd recommend yeah i think we're on the same page uh i go said break, very similar I, what was that break a sweat go yeah break a sweat go go deadlift a bunch and like release those like endorphins and like you'll start thinking clearly and then like sit down and like also i think spending a lot of time by yourself i think spending a lot of alone time is great for introspection yeah and i can't agree more with the fitness side of it because that's initially when i got into it um, you know, being like a thin, skinny, scrawny, insecure kid, um, not knowing what I wanted. I always preach the fitness side to it out of the simple fact that I think a lot of people can't have, you have trouble controlling a lot in your life, but the results you get in the gym, statically, strength, whatever it may be, is 100% all on your control. Like no one can take that away from you. You know, yeah. whether you, what you eat, how much you sleep, you know, how hard you train, like there's something said about going in having complete control all the results are based off your work ethic and i think that just translates to the outside world well it's kind of like there are so many variables in life period it's like depressing and overwhelming it's like well i definitely can't control all the variables in life so whatever you can control you better own it and be a beast (laughs) yeah i get it man that's perfect cool dude so i'm gonna leave it like that go be a beast um so uh cool so i appreciate you coming on for everything man yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it was definitely fun having you on. We'll do another one in the future, and we guys still got to meet up. We definitely got to meet up either way. So. Oh, we have sure you're in Connecticut now, right? Yes, I'm dude. I'm seven minutes from Lightning, so I'm right down the road. Really? Yeah. Seven minutes. Wild. Seven minutes. Well, um, I'm not sure if Andy's gonna be visiting me next, but if I go visit him, I will let you know. Yeah, we'll meet up. We'll grab some food, talk some more. But but, yeah, man, thanks for coming out again. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch soon. Thank you, Jeff. You're the man. I'll talk to you soon. You're the man.